Welcome to the Heart of Dating Podcast. Hey, it's Kate. I'm so glad you could join us this week as we try to untangle the ever so ambiguous world of dating as a Christian. Over here on Heart of Dating, we get real as we answer some tough questions and uncover transformative ways to approach Christian dating. Oh, and you better believe we have some laughs along the way, because last time I checked, the struggle is hashtag real. You know what I'm saying? Now, let's get to the heart of the matter. Hey, Heart of Dating family. What is up, you guys? It's Kate here, and I'm so happy to have you here today. First of all, I just want to say thank you for being a part of our crew. The point of this podcast is to really create an open dialogue so ultimately we can together collectively create transformative change in the world of Christian dating. So that being said, if you like this podcast at all, would you do us a favor and help be an advocate for it? Will you text episodes that you love to your friends? Would you screenshot this episode here and share it on Instagram and tag us at at Heart of Dating? Will you tell people at your church and even pastors about it? Would you recommend it to friends who are going through tough dating struggles? The reason why I love doing this is not because I just want to grow Heart of Dating for my own personal means. It's rather truly because we want to create a dating revolution. We want to instill heart changes in Christian men and women as they approach dating with new eyes and new hearts. And the only way we're going to do that is if this message continues to spread. So all that being said, thank you for helping us to achieve that. Thank you for being here. Thank you for spreading the word. We could not do it without you. Also, I want to say, did y'all know that reviews on iTunes are like SEO for us podcasters? They really are. And I'm constantly blown away by all of your amazing reviews. So if you haven't done so, I would love to encourage you to be an even further advocate and rank us on iTunes and write us a short and quick review. I want to quickly read a review from Jessica B who wrote this on Saturday. She said, I love this podcast. In a world that tells you that everything is permissible, it is awesome to have a resource to help guide me through my singleness. The topics are always on point. This podcast came at the perfect time in my life, and I am so grateful for Kate and her team. Thank you for being bold and for pouring into others. Girl, you are so welcome. It is such a gift to do this. Thank you for your gorgeous review. Okay, so now for our episode today. I am so excited because today we're talking about physical attraction and chemistry. I actually polled y'all and got tons of questions for this episode, and so today we're answering all of them with my new friends, Dave and Ashley Willis. Now, Dave and Ashley currently run a podcast called The Naked Marriage Podcast, which is widely popular and I might add incredibly epic. They're the parents of four amazing boys from the ages of four to 13, and they also do marriage ministry full-time with marriage today and are a huge part of the traveling marriage conference called XO Marriage Conferences. Their ultimate mission is to create resources focused on building Christ-centered marriages and families. Y'all, they are so much fun and just really brought some truth today to this conversation. We go over the difference between chemistry and physical attraction. We talk about why physical attraction is important. We talk about, is it something that can actually grow? We also talk about how to navigate physical boundaries, which I know y'all want to know about. We go into all of it today. So I really think you guys are going to enjoy this conversation with Dave and Ashley Willis. Dave and Ashley Willis, so excited. Welcome to Heart of Dating Podcast today. Yay. Thank you. Thanks We're for having us. To be here. Yeah, I love it, you guys. You guys are down in Texas, right? And that just makes my heart so happy to have friends back down in Texas. 
That's right. Yes. Yeah, so howdy from Texas, everybody. We're, we're not native. So like, I don't have like the Lone Star tattoo yet anywhere, but. <laughs> oh, you got to work on that, here. Dave. <laughs> yeah. It won't be long. It won't be long. We're, you know, we're loving Texas. As soon yes. as my mom moved down there, I hate to put her on the spot, but I swear, I think her hair got bigger when she moved to Texas. Her <laughs> nails got longer. It's amazing. I love all my Texans, but and she looks fabulous. Don't get me wrong, but I just love, she looks like a true Texan woman now. Like she's never left Texas. Her good. <laughs> so awesome. it won't be long, you guys. You will be true Texans in no time. <laughs> um, so I'm so excited to have you both on today and just for our conversation and the topic we're going to dive into. But before we get into all of that, would you guys just let everyone listening know just a little bit about who you guys are and what you do? Because you're up to some incredible things. Yeah, well, first and foremost, we're we're uh, the parents of four awesome little boys, yeah. uh, ages 13, 11, 7, and 4. So wow. never a dull moment around our house. Oh my gosh. Uh, and then we we do marriage ministry full-time with the ministry called Marriage Today mm-hmm. and a, in a traveling marriage conference tour called the XO Marriage Conferences. Yeah. And we have a, a podcast called the Naked Marriage Podcast, but really our whole you know, work and writing and, and all we do is really centered around helping people have stronger relationships with, with God and with each other. And it's a lot of fun. That's so cool. I love that. Also, can I just ask you guys, like what made you call your marriage or your marriage podcast, the naked marriage podcast? Cause I've always, I thought that's such a cool and creative name, but I'd love to hear a little more about that. Oh, sure. Well, I'd love to say that we came up with the idea, but really it's, it's, it's based on the very first married couple all the way yeah. back in the garden of Eden. You know, we're talking about Adam and Eve mm-hmm. and, and how in the Bible in Genesis two, it talks about them being naked and unashamed mm-hmm. and how, you know, yes, they were physically naked and there's the sexual aspect of that, which is awesome, but they were also naked emotionally, spiritually, mm-hmm. and, and just connecting in every way with God and with one another. And we just believe that we can still have that kind of marriage today. And so we call it the naked marriage. And we're also naked when we record it. We are not. So uh, no. I promise we are not. You have to make it real true. You're like, okay, well, this is the name of our podcast. So we got to go in every week. We've got, yeah. We've, oh we've my just, goodness. Just no false advertising. So that every episode is super vulnerable. You just got to get in it, like live it. Right. Yeah. yeah that, that would get awkward real fast that for our, our producer our and our sound producer. engineer who oh are God. in the room with us. Yes. Yeah. So, they yeah. would frown on that. They but. would. They would be like, okay, now we have to wear blindfolds. So thank you guys. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. That's so funny. Well, that's such a cool, I love how you guys came up with that. And that makes so much sense. That's beautiful. Um, so kind of going right off of that, honestly, um, I'd love to kind of start our conversation today about really chemistry and physical attraction. And, you know, I have so many listeners that write in either just asking me questions or they talk about it in our private Facebook group or, you know, it's these are questions, especially as Christians, that get tougher to navigate in some way. So I'd love to dive in with it with you guys. And the first kind of thing I want to start off is just kind of talking about what chemistry is and I guess how y'all would define that. And why it is or is not important and and kind of just all of that. Maybe we could start there. No, it's a great question. I think that it's definitely, it's important, but it's not everything. Mm. You know, I think that we live in a world and the culture that makes it all about chemistry, all about just that physical attraction. And they kind of, when it's, when that's all it is, then we reduce relationships to just this, you know, animalistic, instinctive, Um, kind of connection. And and of course, marriage is so, so much more than that. Every human relationship is so much more than that. Mm. But I think sometimes in the Christian world, we take the other extreme and we act like 
chemistry and attraction isn't important at all, that it's yes. just vanity and it's something we should overlook. But, you know, we really believe that that God, when he wants you to connect with somebody, that that attraction is going to be part of it. You're going to be drawn to them. Mm. Uh, you're going to be connected to their spirit. You're going to be connected to them on every level. But there's also going to be a level of of that physical attraction. Yeah. Um, there certainly was when I first saw Ashley, I was like, hello, who is, who is that? <laughs> well, I hello that there. Girl. Yes. <laughs> um, and, and it, it just sort of begins. I don't know. It's, it's, I think part of what God uses to draw two people together. Now, if it's, if it's only about a physical attraction, then that that's going to be a really a super shallow relationship. Mm. But if there's no physical attraction, then I think it's going to, um, it's going to be awkward trying to transition it from any kind of friendship relationship into something more. Yeah. It's so true. And, you know, I do think it is kind of that first thing that will draw you together, but what will keep you together is when you're attracted to kind of their spirit and their personality yeah. and, and all the different traits they have that are not physical. And, and we believe, and especially when it comes to marriage, what really keeps a marriage going as far as intimacy is concerned, mm-hmm. it really boils down to communication. It, it's, yeah. you know, being attracted to all those things that you're communicating, you know, verbally and even non-verbally, mm. how you're communicating to to your to your eventual spouse. So when you're dating, you're really building those things. You know, you're learning more about each other, and that builds on the attraction, the physical attraction that's already there. But we truly, I mean, physical attraction is actually a biblical thing. And, and it's yeah. very, very apparent in the book of Song of Solomon. Yes. I don't know. I mean, a lot of people think the Bible's boring and I'm like, well, you've never read that book yeah, because it's, it's very soothing. And it's yeah. very, very much, I mean, it shows a husband and wife who are extremely attracted to each other on every level, physically mm. included. And I mean, it's very graphic sometimes in the details yeah. of, of their sexual attraction for each other. But it's a beautiful thing because it just shows that, that you know, it, it, it's not a bad thing. It's something that God put in place but it's what we do with that that kind of can get us in trouble, especially if we're out of the bounds of marriage mm-hmm. and crossing some of the boundaries that God put in place when it comes to sex. But as far as being attracted, that's a good thing. Yeah. Very good thing. So in that camp, in that like, because I totally agree with you guys. So when it comes to like, even with chemistry, for example, because I think that there's somewhat of a difference in, in some ways, like chemistry, I feel like personally, and you guys have tell me your thoughts on this, but um, because I feel like you can have chemistry, like connect with the person just in a way that is like, oh, you're bouncing off of each other or you kind of have this feeling between you guys that you're just like, there's an energy or whatever it is. Like you can meet someone and have good chemistry, but you actually, it might not be like somebody that you should potentially date, right? <laughs> like, Oh yeah. Oh, no, absolutely. Yeah. Because yeah, a lot of people chemistry. ask like, oh, if I have chemistry with this person, should I date them? I'm like, mm, I don't know. So yeah, go ahead. What are you going to say, Dave? <laughs> no, man, that... That is such a big deal because very often, yeah, you're going to be drawn to somebody just like chemistry, you know, in my high school lab, you know, where sometimes chemistry can cause explosions, not in a good way, where <laughs> yeah, it can right. just create a mess. And and there are a lot of us that have a lot of baggage and drama in our lives from times that we were just trusting on those those feelings and pheromones alone. Right. Uh, and it can lead us down a really dark path. So I think, I think one of the biggest lit- litmus tests as it relates to chemistry and attraction that I think is just a good litmus test across the board. If you're going to have any kind of dating relationship with somebody is to ask yourself this question. There are other questions asked too, and we can get into them, but I think this is Mm -hmm. where you start. Not only am I attracted to this person, 
but does this person bring out the most attractive version of me? Mm. And what I mean by that is, am I at my best? When I, do they bring out the very best in me? Do they bring out the part of me that, that wants to seek after God the most? Do they be, bring out the part of me that, that just brings out the most authenticity in me where I don't have to put on a mask and try to be somebody I'm not? Mm. Do they bring out joy in me mm. and laughter? Do they bring out peace in me? Um, and if they're not bringing out those beautiful, beautiful attributes inside of you, and it's just this kind of like physical thing, which if it's only that, it's, it's going to start bringing out the worst in us. It's going to start bringing out the, the most prideful parts of ourselves, and the, you know, really the, on a spiritual level, the ugliest parts of ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that has to, when we feel that chemistry with somebody, that needs to be the first question we ask is, is I'm around this person, are they bringing out the, the, the best in me or is it, is it something else? And I think too, that we need to, you know, like, like you said, you're so right in saying that sometimes you do have chemistry with people that may not necessarily be a good match, you know, someone to date and potentially marry. Mm -hmm. And I, I think you got to make sure the values are there, that you have the same yeah. values, that, they, that you both have faith in God, that you both, you know, other values that are important to you. If they don't have those and you're making excuses for them already in the dating season, mm -hmm. that is a huge red oh, flag, yeah. yeah, huge red flag. And a lot of people think, oh, well, they'll just kind of fix themselves. Or maybe when we marry someday, it'll just be okay. And it, it, honestly, guys, no, it just makes no, things no, so no. much worse. Oh, I know, exactly. If they're not changing that now, there's no way getting married is going to change that. I always think that's such no. like a myth that we think that like, oh, it's going to make, it's like the Band-Aid that'll fix everything. Or like the, I'm like, <laughs> no, no Band-Aids, no, they, it's not going to be, maybe it is a Band-Aid, but it's not going to be the true deep healing that it exactly. won't, it won't act, it'll just reopen and it'll be even worse, most likely. You're right, you're right. So in this capacity too, just on that topic of chemistry, I've had people, cause I, you know, in preparing for this today, I had people send in their questions. Let me tell you, people have a lot of questions on this topic. <laughs> and so we're going to get into lots of them, but some people ask like, okay, can I have chemistry, like a platonic chemistry with male, with a male or female friend? Because, you know, like a, like just a friend chemistry versus a romantic chemistry. Do you guys have any thoughts about that? Yeah, it's a great question. And I think that your, your life can be enriched mm -hmm. um, by by having relationships and bonds with you know with all different kinds of people. But where it can get really complicated is just fast forwarding. Like once once you're married, mm -hmm. it is really really complicated, and I would even argue really dangerous to mm -hmm. have a close friends of the opposite sex. If you're mm -hmm. getting with somebody one on one, just mm -hmm. on a friend level, that's not your spouse, that's of the opposite sex then what's going to happen is you start to, you know, you're starting to invest emotional capital and you're starting to, you know, you're starting to confide in this person, things that, you know, rightfully belong to your spouse. And so I just think it's, it's dangerous. And another reason why it's dangerous is you might have a platonic connection to that person, mm -hmm. but there's a very good chance that person right. is feeling a romantic connection to you. And they're, they're allowing themselves to kind of be in the friend zone because they feel like it's going to lead somewhere else. Yeah. Um, and that's the part that's that's the part where I think there's so many complications. And mm. I just speaking as a guy, um, like every, and every, like every time I was friends with a girl, like gr growing up from like high school, you know, on up th then I was really trying to invest in that friendship a hundred percent of the time. It was because I was attracted to her on a deeper level. Mm. And even with Ashley, even when our relationship started, like yeah. I wanted to pursue a, a friendship, but really it was because that attraction was there on my part. Mm. And so you're but with listening. women, it's different. Yeah. Like Ashley, mm -hmm. she said, oh, no, I've got all these guys that are my my friends. They're just good friends. <laughs> and I said, listen, 
they I'm sure they appreciate you and respect you and all that, but they're attracted to you. Like that's why they're hanging around. Otherwise yeah. they would just be hanging around playing video games with other guys. And she said, <laughs> she said, no, they're, they're not. But then sure enough, like every one of those guys that she was just convinced was just a platonic friend mm-hmm. ended up confessing their undying love to her at different periods in their lives. And uh, <laughs> Ashley, so, I feel like we're so similar. No, just <laughs> so you can relate. I mean, and like, you know yeah. what? it really, it really disappointed me. I mean, mm-hmm. I was so, not, I mean, no offense to those guys, but I was so disappointed because I truly saw them as more like brothers, yeah. you know, to me, I never had brothers. I only had a sister Yeah. and, and Dave was like, be prepared when we get married out of respect for you and our marriage, they're probably going to just kind of drop off the face of the earth, you know, <laughs> as far as being in your life. And, um, and now granted some of those guys had friended me on Facebook and they're all married and we kind of see each other's lives that way, but mm-hmm. we're not connecting on a regular basis. And really now that we've been doing marriage it would ministry, be inappropriate if you did. Yeah, it would. I was yeah. going to say, now that we've been doing marriage ministry so long, I honestly have seen that kind of where people cross those lines, um, the boundary lines that they really need to have intact for their marriage. It, it, and they think that they're just pursuing friendship. It, it has busted up marriages. I mean, like mm. I've seen it really ruin marriages and people go into that innocently. I don't think they go into that hoping to have an affair, but it, you know, yeah. it's just really messing with fire mm. because our heart, you know, it, it's, it's like confusing. Yeah. Yeah. I so hear that. So I think like for me, what I've learned in this, cause I've so am with you, Ashley, like there's been so many times I'm like, Oh, he just, he and and on two ends of the spectrum. So one, it's like, oh no, he just wants to be my friend. Totally, he right. would like ask me out if he was interested in anything more, and I like justify that in my mind. And secondly, for me at least, I'll speak to myself. There's a level of like, at times I liked the attention, and so I was like, well, right. I like this attention from this guy. So I don't want to give this up if I'm being really real, because I even though I don't have any desire to date them, there's a level of like, oh, but I'm getting attention or some emotional love from this, you know, person of the opposite gender, and I like it um so I always say now in this context like the good friend chemistry romantic chemistry you know it if you're gonna have a guy that's a good friend um or vice versa you have to have very clear communication about where this what this is at at many different points in time um because you know, if you're not having that conversation and just assuming that the other person just sees you as a friend, it's it can become a problem. Just like you were saying, Dave, like a lot of people don't necessarily have that intention because they're really actually attracted. So I think it's frequent check-ins too. If you are, and this is like outside of the context of if you're actually in a relationship and have a male or female friend outside of that. I'm just saying if you're single and have a friend right. that's a male or female and they're a close friend of the opposite gender, like you know, I think there's a possibility for friendship, but making it really clear through a lot of communication so that it doesn't yes, get communication is clear. I, and <laughs> yeah, just for the record, well I think it's healthy to have to to be in friend groups that yeah. have both guys and girls and you're Absolutely. hanging out in a group um, and just the dynamic that can happen there. But whenever there's that one on one connection mm-hmm. of someone of the opposite sex and you're confiding in each other lines and lines can be crossed. Yeah. Um, yeah. They just it's very, very rare that both people are on an equal wavelength with, are we only friends or not? Right. And so that's what you were talking about with just, just clear communication. You, yeah. You've got to communicate that or else you're, you're going to end up in a situation where there's unnecessary heartbreak. A hundred percent. Actually, that happened to me recent. Well, not recent, recent, but like in the last year, I had a friend who we went to hang out. It was a guy and I made it clear like we we're hanging out as friends. And mm-hmm. that's what I thought it was. Right. And it was like totally fine and platonic. Um, And then a month later, I saw him at an event and he was like, you know, you totally led me on. And I was like, what do you mean? 
fine. <laughs> like, so he had a different right. intention. <laughs> and even after we hung out, I clarified again, like, I just want to make sure like when guys and girls hang out one-on-one, sometimes there's confusion. And I just want to like reemphasize, like, I really love hanging out with you as a friend. And that is my intention. And then right. a month later, he still said this. And I'm like, gosh, Gosh, I was here. <laughs> well, I'll, for most guys, and I, I mean, I don't want to speak for every guy, but for <laughs> for most men that, and this has been my own personal experience, and this is the experience of a lot of guys, even if they don't admit this readily to to you know the the girl they're in the friend zone with. Mm-hmm. I have never ever pursued a one on one friendship with any female that I wasn't attracted to and desiring more than a friendship, yeah. ever. And I think that, oh, as not I talk, as we, not that it's impossible, yeah, but, but the more we talk to women, the more we talk to men, we see so many women to be how it have is. an experience like Ashley, where they have these guy friends and they think, oh, they just, they just want to be my friend. They're they're They see me the same way I see them. Mm-hmm. And, and she's kind of like, have those blinders on. And so many guys, you know, or my experience of like, yeah, I'm, I, I really definitely do enjoy her company and all that, but it's not just for the sake of friendship. I'm, I'm in, mm-hmm. I'm in the pursuit of something yeah, more. And the fact that she's continuing to allow me to be around must mean she's thinking the same thing that I'm thinking. So there's all these unspoken <laughs> rules. And, yeah. and so like, so this guy thinks you led me on when in your when mind, you, didn't. you did nothing at you all didn't. wrong, but yeah. he's yeah. thinking, he's just thinking like a guy. He's yeah. thinking like, <laughs> I wouldn't ever want to spend this much time with any woman that I wasn't interested <laughs> in dating. And so clearly she thinks the same way, but this, th- this big, we live in a world where it's like, it's not PC to even suggest that men and women have anything at all different mm. um, other than, you know, just a little bit of hardware. But mm-hmm. other than that, it's like we're we're exactly the same. But mm. on a mental level, on an emotional level, we approach there, things, differently. We yeah. Approach yeah. things yeah. Yeah, there are so very differently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that we have to just, you know, be honest about that for us to have healthy, healthy relationships. Yeah, that's so good. I love that. Okay, so continuing into like more about physical attraction, I've had a lot of people tell me this. So there's actually a lot of people who might say no to a date because at first glance, they're not physically attracted to the person, even if they're like, this is a nice Christian guy or Christian girl. And so what are your guys' thoughts on like your initial instinct being like, no, I'm not really attracted to that person. So I'm not going to go out with them at all. Do you guys think that that is a good reason? Or do you think that there might be some openness there? I think there should be more openness because Mm -hmm. I think sometimes the more you get to know somebody, the more attractive they become to you and vice versa. I think sometimes you can think somebody's hot and then you get to know them more and you're like, wait a minute, totally not at all who I thought they were. So I think that, you know, if you see any good in that person that you, any, any component, even if it's not physical Mm. that you like, you know, give them a chance, like go out with them. And, and just, you know, hear them out, get to know them. And if, if very quickly you're like, mm, I'm not feeling it, then don't, don't go out with them anymore. But I do think that, that sometimes we cut ourselves off from a really amazing person that we really could connect with yeah. just because of our first impression of their physical appearance when we really don't even know them yet. So yeah. true. And I, I would just say, def, I think that while physical attraction, again, there, there's importance there. We've been such a swipe left, swipe right. Mm-hmm. culture where mm-hmm. we're so dismissive of anybody we don't feel this instant passionate connection toward that we we can potentially miss out on that deep soul connection that can grow into right. a deep love and a deep yeah. attraction on every level when we really get to know somebody for who they are mm-hmm. so, yeah. so yeah like Ashley said I would say don't don't be instantly dismissive but then at the same time don't feel like you've got to force something right. just because yes. oh this person is right. nice I should I should really 
feel this connection to him and I don't. And it's almost like, is this like misguided spiritual discipline? You're going to mm-hmm. continue to build a relationship with them, even when there's nothing in you that's feeling it. I think that that's the wrong approach too. Right. I mean, you, you don't want to spend the rest of your life with somebody who makes your skin crawl. <laughs> and you knew that from the beginning. Yeah. I mean, like, we are like, like that. I well, mean, and I am telling, I tell people too, if you, if there's like nothing in you that after a little bit of time wants to kiss them at all, then it's probably yes. not a good sign. Like, <laughs> you no, don't, I think you're exactly right. <laughs> that, yes. You should want to do that. You should like, that should be something you want to do. Um, yeah. Right. If you yes. don't even want to kiss them, you're not going to want to do anything else. Let's be real. So right. like, yeah. I mean, it, so I, I do think that there's a gauge in that. And Dave, what's interesting too, just from the male perspective, I see, I hear a lot of guys and there's kind of a cliche in the church that like guys are looking for their perfect Christian woman that like have the body of a model or whatever and that they have to be super high like <laughs> hot woman and so they're not really looking for any other women and I, I I don't like to use that cliche but I just hear it so often play out in my conversations with people and so uh, guys will be like no if I'm not initially attracted to her it's just not it's not I'm not gonna do it um but do you have any thoughts on like that as guys being you know I don't know what I even want to call them right now. I don't want to, I'll let you talk about it. <laughs> yeah. No, this, well, this is a loaded question. Um, I'll, I'll recommend a resource to just kind of help, help men and women like understand how guys are wired up, mm. what, what the man's visual nature really is. My friend Shanti Feldhahn is a brilliant social researcher and Christian author. She's written books like for women only for men only. She's great. And oh. her and my friend Craig Gross wrote a book recently called through a man's eyes helping women understand the visual nature of men. And it's just kind of like helping women like tap into the male thought process and how, how God wired us up to be more visual. And so like, that's a resource I'll recommend, but to answer your question specifically, yeah, guys are wired up to where, you know, our, you know, God made us, he made us visual in a different, a different kind of way that, than women are visual women, obviously. And I, I'm not going to speak for what women experience, but from Shanti's research, her writing as a woman and a researcher, talks about what's happening in a different way in the brain um, mm-hmm. when an attractive image is processed. And it's really fascinating to just kind of understand that. I but that. I would say that um, any guy that is, that is trying to, trying to just make, make this criteria where he's only interested in, in dating women who look like an airbrushed supermodel, <laughs> I would say that guy isn't just, you know, going off of his visual nature. I think that that's a guy who's really gone down this dark path of objectifying women. And very often um, pornography has been part of that. I yeah. think, you know, we live in a world where porn has yeah. absolutely mm. sabotaged the minds of so many young men and mm. has completely, you know, rewired their thinking and made them in a place where whether wrapped up in porn, they're incapable of intimacy. And I'm speaking of this, not only because we've done so much research on porn for our work and it's just I feel like it's the number one enemy of true intimacy mm. facing the world today. Yeah. But I also could speak to this from personal experience because yeah. as a, as a young man from my teenage years, you know, into early adulthood and even early into our marriage, which mm-hmm. is part of our testimony, I had this ongoing struggle with porn yeah. that absolutely was poisoning and sabotaging, um, you know, my mind. And yeah. so I, I feel like, and we've, we've written a lot about that and I don't want to, you know, make, this whole podcast about that, but you know, in our books and podcasts and our talks, we, we talk a lot about what was going on in me, how that impacted Ashley. But as it relates to your question, I think that you ladies that are listening, don't feel like you've got to compete with these airbrushed 
supermodel images that aren't even real people. You're beautiful. You are beautiful the way you are. And there is, there is a godly man out there who's going to see that and appreciate that. Mm. Um, So don't feel like you got to jump through hoops for some guy whose mind has been warped uh, and poisoned by, you know, by porn. Cause usually that's the, that's the culprit. When a guy has this very superficial standard Mm. and he's looking for a very superficial type, he's not looking for a wife he's looking for a woman like he's ordering off a menu yeah. and you don't want, you don't want you don't a guy want, like right. that. He's you don't want right to, yeah. yeah. you don't want to, you don't want to play that game because it's only going to be only going to be heartache. Mm. I love um, that you brought that up, honestly, because I'm so not opposed to talking about porn. And I do, I, I mean, we've done episodes on it. I had, Clay Olson, he's the founder of Fight the New Drug, which is a nonprofit oh, yes. that's really committed to this. And we had, I was so intrigued by that, that I, we had a two-part episode because I was like, we need to really talk about the science of what it does to the brain and have more awareness and really the gravity of this problem and how do we handle it. And it is, it is such a, I mean, I was shocked in doing research for that and talking to him about how much is like men are affected by this a vast majority of them even some like 30 percent of women are now um, impacted by it but thank you for saying that and bringing that up because I do believe that that is a huge part of why there's been there's a block for some men in if they find a woman attractive or wanting to ask them out at all because there's another thing happening that may have kind of rewritten the script of what an attractive woman looks like. Yeah, and, absolutely. And that's kind of probably the issue we need to address first. And I don't want to assume that every guy who has that um, mentality is has an addiction to porn or a right, habit to look right. at porn, but I do think that it's a huge, huge factor. Friends, I just want to take a quick break from our amazing episode today to tell you a bit of our Heart of Dating sponsor for this episode. Let me just tell you, as a single woman, I am personally all about living my very best life in the season. Anyone else with me here? And because of that, I make sure I'm taking care of myself and prioritizing self-care, beauty, and fitness as much as I possibly can. But here's the thing. There are so many products out there, and sometimes I just want someone to share the best of the best with me to make my life even easier. That is when I discovered the amazing FabFitFun. If you don't already know what it is, it's a seasonal box with full-size beauty, fitness, and lifestyle products. I love that they give you full-size products. The box I personally received is so awesome, you guys. These are products that are actually top of the market that I truly use. Each season's box featured a variety of amazing quality brands such as Tarte, Kate Somerville, Anthropology, Free People, Dr. Brandt, and so many more. That's just the beginning of it. The box with all these products retails for $49.99, but always has a value of over $200 within the box. Yes, 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 and amen. So... Getting your FabFitFun box in the mail kind of feels like it's your birthday four times a year. When I got mine, I was so in awe because so many of the brands I use already and just love so much. So today, friends, just for Heart of Dating listeners, y'all are going to get $10 off your first box. Mm-hmm. Just go to FabFitFun.com and use the code HOD10 so you can save $10 off your first box, making it only $39.99. Again, that's fabfitfun.com using the code HOD10. Y'all, I'm just so excited for this. You deserve to live your very best single life. So go on and treat yourself. So kind of on that, um, you know, 
we kind of say that, oh, well, I'm not going out with that person because they're not my type. So similar thing. But a lot of people ask me like, well, can I have a physical type? Is that bad? Is that okay for women too? What do you guys think about that? Is that is having a physical type to limiting? I mean, I, I, I think it depends. You know, I think that sometimes we can't help kind of what, what kind of build we're attracted to, you know, I guess if there tends to be a tendency, I mean, Dave's like broad shouldered and strong. And I love that. Like I, I love, I love that about him. And I don't think that's bad if you tend to, to have that kind of, you know, draw to a certain body type. But I do think too, if you're like, Oh, I I feel like there's a kinship with this person, but they don't fit my body type that I generally like. I don't think that means you shouldn't go out on a date with them because sometimes it'll surprise you. Like prior to Dave, I had only dated guys with light hair and Dave has dark hair and dark eyes. Mm -hmm. And so like, I never had it in my head. Like, Oh, I can never date a guy with dark hair, dark eyes. Like that would be silly. So I think we just need to, to look deeper. Cause I think when we, when we kind of put ourselves in this box, like I'm only into this type we miss out on the, on the deeper, more important things that a person has. Mm. And, uh, and so we should, you know, should be open. I think we should be open and be a bunch of reasons why. Number one is your body is going to change (laughs) a lot. And so, yeah, you've, you've got to be with somebody that, that you can be best friends with through all the seasons of life. I mean, yeah, marry, marry your best friend and, you know, Mm -hmm. you need to be attracted as well, but know that that, the deepest level of attraction, you know, when we see that these 80 year old couples holding hands mm. and, and with their arm around each other and we think, man, that's what we want. But I guarantee that they don't look like they did at 20, you know, when they yeah, first nothing. got together, but their love has grown through the years because they've, they've, they've walked side by side and hand in hand as partners. And you never know, like, I think sometimes God will surprise us with mm. bringing someone in our path that we're not even, wasn't even on our radar. And this, like, I'll give like a really this like a superficial example of this, but I think that the mindset can kind of carry over. Um, so like Ashley always thought that she had a certain body type as it relates to what kind of pet she would want. She, she's yeah. like, I only like big dogs. I would only I'm ever a want dog a big dog, like a golden retriever. That's all I would want. I and really so, said that like and over and over. We ended up with this little rescue Chihuini, which is a half Chihuahua, oh half gosh. wiener dog. Yes, she's I know. 10 pounds. She's she, so cute. Oh, that, they're I know, so cute. Ashley I know was like, oh, I'll never want a little dog. I'll never want a little dog. This little dog has got Ashley wrapped around her finger. <laughs> Ashley's like, oh my gosh, I never would have picked her. I can't believe this is the best dog ever. This dog has my heart. Now, comparing like a dog to a dating relationship, I know there's- Big jump. Big jump. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and there's probably a lot of offense even in suggesting it. But I do think that that mindset mm-hmm. of I'm only going to have someone in my life who looks like this and fits these ticks, all these certain boxes, we could potentially miss out on that, that, that person, that perfect match that God has right, for you. Yes. And I will say this, when I met Dave, honestly, I was attracted to him in every way, but the most attractive part physically that I, that I found in Dave were his eyes. And it, mm-hmm. and he does have beautiful big brown eyes, but it wasn't even just how they physically looked. It was the honesty and the, mm. the sincere, the sincerity that I saw in his eyes. And I think that's something that, you know, that usually does kind of stay with people mm. as they age or the eyes. And I, I love that. Cause I feel like when you look in someone's eyes, you know, they say mm. they're the window to the soul. Yeah. I think you can see a lot because you do see, you just, you see their sincerity, you see mm. to their attentiveness to you. 
that's an important part to be, to be looking at. Mm. And so I would encourage people, you know, go for that, but don't, don't, again, don't limit yourself to brown eyes or blue eyes or green eyes or right. whatever it is, you know, they just be to, open. Yeah. They yeah. might be wearing colored contacts. You don't even know. Exactly. <laughs> yes. And eventually everyone, well, not their eye color, but your hair color is going to change. Like so many things are all going gray True. or losing our hair or whatever it is. I always say this to people too. I'm like, cause it was, this is part of my story. Like I had very specific type and I was like, I'm not dating outside this at all. And then God really hit me over the head. And I've talked talked about this before a few years ago with, you know, being more open and how beautiful that was when I was asked about by someone who was not my quote unquote type in many ways physically, but also not like what he was doing or just what I thought I would end up with. Right. And I almost canceled that date the night before I was like, this is no, I'm just not going to go out with this person. And I felt God literally say, Kate, trust me, just go on this date. <laughs> and I was like, okay. Yeah. And I went and like what I noticed on the date, I wasn't even nervous, which was fun for me because I was like, I'm just totally myself. Who cares? And, yeah. um, I noticed he just had such an incredible character and he was mm-hmm. intentional and he was affirming. And, you know, at the end of the day, he walked me to my car. He asked me out on a second date and I was like, wait a second, this is awesome. And I really enjoyed that that which I hadn't hadn't experienced a ton before and so I I ended up dating this guy um and it was amazing that like my attraction for him grew in so many other ways and I was physically attracted to him and I was attracted to him like on a spiritual level on an emotional level and on a physical level but if I had written Mm -hmm. him off and never gone on that date I wouldn't have even known that I could be attracted to somebody that wasn't my quote-unquote type and so what I kind of try to tell people now I'm like well you like the your whatever quote unquote physical type is just like a preference, but it's not your right. like non-negotiable factor. So stop saying I, I get really hung up on this I love this question. Like, don't just say, no, I'm not going out with this person, he's not my type. Is he not your type because of physical looks or she? Or is it because like they they don't have a heart for Jesus and that right. makes them not my right. type? You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, that's much more important. Yeah, I mean, but- again, their values, you know, things yeah. that that are like life defining, you know, those are things that obviously, you know, are more important than just their physical, uh, look at that time. I mean, my goodness, my body mm-hmm. over 18 years of marriage has changed in four children. Beautiful now it's been all over the place. So, you know, thank God Dave loves me more than she's, just for my body. She's, hey, she's one hot mama. I'll tell you. I love it. No, I saw you before girl. You hot mama. Uh, I love it, but no, it's so true. Okay. So in continuing this, just something else I want to bring up is you know, surrounding the topic of physical attraction and physical intimacy, that especially in Christian relationships, there can be a certain level of of shame that comes up. And on the one hand, you have people who might dismiss other people because there's no attraction and that that's like something they have maybe really struggled with in the past and they really high overly value it. Maybe they have somewhat of a sexual past. And then on the other hand, you have people who dismiss attraction and being important and date people that maybe they're not that attracted to because they have seen sexuality since a young age as kind of being something that's bad and sexuality is bad or sex is so bad. And so they kind of have shame from it and are kind of afraid of it. So I just want to kind of address some of the shame maybe around physical attraction and kind of open the dialogue to talk about some of that shame that exists. And I think it's especially um, pertinent in the Christian culture more so than even just the culture at large, because I do believe um, that there are different narratives where if people have engaged in sexual activity, they're like, they know it's not maybe the best. And so they live in so much shame, or maybe they have been told no, 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 no. So then they're like, that's just a shameful thing. I should never engage in it. So can we kind of open up the dialogue to kind of what encouragement may you have to people 
listening that have experienced some shame around um, physical attraction or physical intimacy? Yeah, no, I, I can totally relate to that on the spectrum, mm -hmm. on the side of the spectrum where, you know, I was raised in a home where I think in order to keep me chaste, my, my parents really always, whenever they talked about sex, it was a very negative thing. Mm -hmm. And even in my church youth group, it was like the thing that we're going to talk about, but it's very dirty and ugly. And, and I, I know what they meant. They meant well, yeah. and they wanted to kind of scare us. And it did scare me. I mean, it really did <laughs> kind of work with <laughs> like, me. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> I, yeah. It's like, oh my gosh. You know? And, and it was almost like, if you ever do this outside of marriage, like your life will be just in shambles for the rest of your life. You know, it was that mm -hmm. kind of thing. And so I would say just, gosh, the more I've walked with the Lord, the more I've seen that sex is a beautiful gift from God that is specifically for marriage. Mm -hmm. And, and it should be something we enjoy in marriage. It should be something that we have often and that we celebrate and that we work at and that we make a priority. Mm -hmm. But I also think if, if there's someone listening and they have, you know, had sex outside of marriage and they realize that it's wrong, God doesn't want you to live in shame. He wants mm -hmm. you to live in freedom mm -hmm. and he forgives you. And, and he wants you to be close to him. He doesn't want you to walk around with your, your head hanging low and feeling like you're never going to meet that person because of, of that mistake. Yeah. But, you know, God, God really does restore us. And so I just want to encourage that person. Mm. And, you know, I just think that there shouldn't be shame on any side. You know, we talk about this in our book, The Naked Marriage, where... Mm you know, they're naked and unashamed in the garden. And then as, as many of you who have read Genesis know, the story goes, mm. enters the serpent. He starts telling Adam and Eve to doubt God and that they shouldn't respect the boundaries he's put in place. And they should go and eat from the one tree that God told them not to eat from. And once they decide to go eat from it, their eyes are open and it says they felt, they felt shame. They tried to cover themselves, mm -hmm. their physical bodies, they covered them up. And then they tried to hide from God. And so, you know, that's the, the enemy brings shame on us, mm. but God brings us freedom because later on in the story, they're hiding in the garden and God comes to see them and he knows where they are. But he asks Adam, he says, Adam, where are you? And Adam says, I'm hiding. And God says, well, why are you hiding? And he says, because I'm naked. And then he said, who told you you were naked? Mm. And it's in essence saying like, come out of here. Like mm. who told you that you should go into hiding? Like you need to come to me and help me to restore you and help me to, to, to get you back to where you need to be and, and to, to be, you know, with God and walking with God, mm -hmm. but it doesn't mean that he's, he's wanting you to walk in shame. And so mm -hmm. I just want people to know that on either side of it, walk in freedom. Yeah. That's so good. I love that. I was just listening to a sermon about this actually, even this morning before our interview. And I, I love that part where God's like, well, who told you you were naked? Uh, because right. he didn't design us for that shame at all. And yet it's something that the enemy uses. It's like his number one tool that he uses against us is shame. Yeah. And I oh, think yeah. it's used in both capacities for people who have had a deep sexual past. Um, mm -hmm. You know, there's so much shame towards that or people who haven't had one and they're like, afraid of sex. It's like, okay, right. this is the shaming thing. So I can't even think about it. If somebody is really suppressing sexuality and physical attraction and intimacy, I feel like that also can bring a lot of issues when you eventually get into a marriage. I don't know. I want to bring that up because I'm sure maybe you guys yes. have talked to couples, you know, what are the issues or the potential, um, uh, warning things or what, what might happen if you suppress intimacy too much in a dating relationship and because it's such a bad, bad, bad thing in their minds, what might happen in marriage? <laughs> well, I mean, we, we dealt with this. Like I really had to, you know, you go from literally 
just keeping that, like you said, it's this bad thing that you're holding back. And Dave and I were Mm -hmm. trying to save ourselves from marriage. We did. I mean, we weren't perfect, but we did save ourselves from marriage. And so all of a sudden you get married and your wedding night, you're supposed to suddenly be a sex goddess. And I really had, I really had trouble shifting my mind. And it was like, I would go through the motions. And for a long time, I couldn't, it was like, I felt bad if I enjoyed it, just to be very honest with you. And um, mm-hmm. we ended up, I had anxiety issues too. I mean, that's a whole big part of our testimony. I was mm-hmm. going through that as well, but it didn't, it just didn't help, you know, our physical intimacy. And I so wanted, I wanted that to be an amazing part of our marriage. And it took me for me personally, going to Christian counseling mm-hmm. and just realizing what the Bible really says about this and that it is this beautiful gift and it's something to be enjoyed. It's a mm-hmm. safe place. It's not a place of shame and it's a way that a husband and wife can connect unlike any other way. And, uh, and so, I mean, we're 18 years into our marriage, so I've had a long time to process this, but it can really cause major issues. So I would tell a couple who knows they're going to get married. Maybe they are engaged right now Mm. to really talk about this. And Mm. if you are like, if, you know, I I commend those who are waiting, keep on waiting. That's a beautiful thing. That is, that is awesome. Mm -hmm. But I would, I would really talk through you know, the role it's going to be in your relationship once you're married. Mm -hmm. And so it's this same thing that you talk about. And like, even in our marriage conferences that we do, we talk to so many couples where they can talk about all kinds of things except sex. Mm -hmm. And like Dave always says, you know, it, what, what, what ends up happening is they'll, they'll talk about it in the moment when they're not satisfied. And it's like so awkward. And all of a sudden their spouse feels like they've been really attacked and they're hurt mm-hmm. and, it, and then it causes them to shut down and the intimacy is kind of broken. Mm-hmm. And so we encourage people, you need to talk about it at lunch, like not with your kids around or not with anybody else around, like certainly be in a private area, but like talk openly about it. It's going to be something that should be an important part of your marriage. And so if you can kind of talk openly about it, mm-hmm. I think that it will kind of take that, that negativity off of it because I wish like looking back, I wish I had done more of that in our, in those like premarital, um, days when we were talking through other things that probably should have been something that, that we talked about in like a really healthy way. Yeah. Especially in the the time of, especially engagement, it's like, you can probably address some of these issues earlier on if you're, if you start having those conversations and then you realize, okay, why is this really tough for me to talk about? Or why do I like, you know, there's a physical reaction going on in my body. What is that? Why do I feel like so awkward with this topic? Or why do I feel shame or whatever the feelings are that you're experiencing? And you're able Mm -hmm. to hopefully uncover that even before marriage begins. Um, So I love that. I love that you say that. Because I think even if you notice like, okay, this is a tougher topic for me. It's okay. Like a lot of people are in that boat. And in fact, I feel like most Christians I talk to are in that boat in some capacity because they're like, I don't know what to do with this. This is really tough in either direction. And so it's like, please, everyone should know you're in the boat with like almost every other Christian. Everyone is kind of struggling with like really figuring out this healthy balance. And so just be open to having those conversations. Um, Yeah, you got to be able to talk about it. I say this and it's kind of funny, you guys, but I honestly said this to someone recently, but that Christian dating is kind of this odd mix of getting to know someone, trying to navigate chemistry with that person while also trying to have strict physical boundaries and so you're kind of like okay I want to get to know you I want to know if we have chemistry but I also want to have strict physical boundaries and it's kind of like this game of Christian dating that you're doing right especially before the engagement process so I kind of want to go to the next level of like you know below engagements we have just the dating process so do you guys have any advice on how we can kind of navigate physical attraction and chemistry as a healthy part of the relationship but also stay away from 
lusting and from crossing physical boundaries, how do we, what do you, I mean, and this is like the question of every Christian dater, but would you guys have any advice for that? Man, well, first off, like, like I just, I just want to know. I sympathize with you guys. I feel like it's probably more complicated today than it was twenty years ago yeah, uh, when we, we were, were you know, kind of going through this, and before there were, you know, dating apps, and yeah, just mm-hmm. like everything just seems more complicated now. I sound like an old guy. I guess I, think <laughs> I am. Um, all well, these kids on Instagram, and all, all the these dating. youngsters <laughs> and, and fancy phones and web. Oh, He's not that old, I promise. What's a DM? I'm like, oh my god. Yeah, what's a DM? I know, right? In the nursing home where we live, it's totally different. No, oh my goodness. uh, Just to get real practical, I would say uh, again, just like you shouldn't necessarily have have a type Mm -hmm. of oh, I'm I'm only going to date this. I think some Christians go into dating and engagement with they've got the these really bizarre self imposed timelines that they're like. Well, I'm only I'm going to date somebody for six months before I before I would kiss them, and then and then I'm going to date somebody at least a year before I would get engaged, and then I'm going to be engaged at least you know at least at two years or I don't know. It's it's like <laughs> just totally made up stuff that I feel like you're creating unnecessary complications sometimes. Mm. Part of what helped Ashley and me is that um, <laughs> we didn't date that long and we weren't engaged that long, mm. and. Maybe that sounds reckless to you, but I mean, it, it wasn't like super short. It was. It wasn't super long. We dated like, for like oh, I'm almost gonna, a year. Okay, no, I'm going to get real specific. Well, well, I mean, we were, yeah, <laughs> we, I'm trying to remember. We like we were in college at the time, so we were yeah. broke kids essentially. Yeah. And you might think, oh well, I'm going to finish my PhD before I get married, or people. Th- there's take the pressure off yourself to feel like you have to have yeah. your yes, whole life in order before you marry somebody. I think yeah. if God brings the right person to you, build a life together. You know, we were broken, clueless students who knew <laughs> that we found the right person and we wanted to I get married. I was still in school. Yeah. So, oh my and, gosh, it, wow. and, and some of our best memories were being broken, married. It was yes. great. But um, so, yeah, we, we dated just a few months and Before we were, we knew we and we were very seriously yeah. talking about marriage and then really moving toward marriage, even before we were technically engaged. I mean, maybe mm-hmm. we kind of did it backwards. I just, I feel like because of, you know, we watch The Bachelor and The Bachelorette and we watch all these shows and we, we create these scenarios in our head where, we're, you know, we've got to be flown off to Fiji and have this engagement <laughs> ceremony with, you know, tiki dancers around us and a sunset. Right. And I I just think sometimes we've got to free ourselves from these, these like timelines that aren't practical and these fantasies that aren't real. Mm. And, you know, once we found somebody that we've really since a deep connection with and God continues to just kind of affirm that like, yeah, this is, you know, I'm in this to don't be afraid mm. to, you know, I don't be reckless, but right, also for sure. I think sometimes being overly cautious yeah. could be a sin because yeah. it's showing a lack of faith mm-hmm. and it's setting you up for, you know, the, the temptation and frustration of like trying to live celibate without, this is the time to the original question about the mm. sexual boundaries and all that with dating. I think the sexual boundaries are a whole lot easier to keep when you're not going through a five year dating and engagement process, yeah, which yeah. just seems like because that's a very long time. That's yeah. just ridiculous. Yeah. That's crazy. If no, you're, especially we can't do that. Oh do it, but it, I mean, it really is. And like, I'll be honest with you all, I never saw myself getting married at 20 years old. I, I mean, if you had asked me, I mean, that wasn't a goal for myself. Yeah, I never thought I'd meet somebody as young as I did. But I, I know when Dave and I, you know, started dating, I knew very quickly. I was like. 
I, I remember somebody telling me when you meet that person that God has for you, you're going to feel like you don't deserve them. Mm. And, and I, that just really stuck with me. And I, I just, that's how I felt about Dave. Like, God, thank you for this her. gift. Like, I feel like I don't, I don't deserve oh. him, but you've given him to me and, and what a gift he is. And, um, and I remember, I mean, everybody thought we were crazy. We got married the, the weekend after Dave graduated from college and oh I was becoming a junior in college. So we lived on campus, oh you know, God. while I finished out college. And, and so it wasn't like what I think most people have in their heads because we have these certain timelines, but mm. thank God my parents gave Dave, you know, the blessing to ask me. And I'll be honest. I mean, we've had, you know, we've had our ups and downs, but it's been awesome. I mean, we've grown up oh, together yeah. and mm. it's, it's just been really cool to, to have, um, to have gone through, you know, gosh, all these different phases together. So yeah, I just think the main thing is being open. Cause I think on the flip side of that, we don't need to feel like what's wrong with us if we don't meet that person in college or if we don't right. meet that person in our twenties. Well, well, then the other timeline is like, I'm not going to, I'm going to date this person or whatever for five years. And then you have these other timelines where if I'm not married by, by the end of 30 or year. 35, <laughs> or, you know, 40 or whatever it is, then it's like our standards just disappear. Right. And I see these people who've waited and done, the, and but then all of a sudden they feel like, oh no, there's no more time. Mm. And then so they rush marry things this person. by like yeah. throwing out the window every standard they ever had yeah. and right. just you yeah. know hooking up with the first person that'll put a ring on it. And yeah. and then then there's a whole separate set of boundaries. So I think that we can't, we can't try to supersede God's timing in our life. Mm. You know, we can't try to rush it and we can't try to slow it down. We mm-hmm. just have to be open. Like, Lord, Help me to trust you one day at a time mm-hmm. and help me to take those leaps of faith when you call me to do it and help me to be still and know that you're God and wait on your timing in the right. seasons when I need to wait. And in all those seasons, help me to maintain your standard and your boundaries and to not compromise. Um, and if we'll do that, I feel I really 100% believe that, that God will give us the strength to resist the temptation mm-hmm. and to walk the path he has for us. And I just want to say this really quick. I just don't think God's going to ever call you to be with somebody who forces you to compromise your boundaries yes. and his boundaries. That's good. Never. I mean, if they don't respect that, then that's not somebody that you want to be with. It's and true. I know the longer, especially when it comes to women who feel like they so desperately want to get married and the, and they didn't get married at the time when they thought they would. And they feel like years are passing them by. I, we see this happen a lot. Even friends of mine. I mean, I'm in my late thirties and I yeah. have friends who aren't married. Yeah. And still, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and you know, there's a lot of women who, who aren't married in their, in their late thirties and even forties. And I see them, you know, it, like they want, they feel like they almost have to compromise. And I'm just telling you, you know, God, God is not going to bring somebody in your life that that he would lead you to, that's going to make you compromise on yes. in those values and those boundaries. Yeah. And so, you know, if, if, if somebody comes and you feel like they tick all the boxes, except that one, that's not the right person yeah. and hold on and know that God has somebody better for you. Because I think it just can be, it can be hard when we, when we have that desire. And I would also venture to say too, that if God's given you that desire to be married, yeah. he he's going to fulfill that for yes, you. He wouldn't you. give you the desire if he wasn't going to fulfill it, mm-hmm. but it, he doesn't always fulfill it in our timing. And that's, exactly. that's the kicker is he doesn't always, sometimes we have to wait a lot longer than we, yes. than we thought we would need to, but it's worth the wait. Yeah. And so many, that also relates, I know to so many of the listeners, you know, myself included and, but also lots of my friends who are later in their thirties. And just, I know a lot of the listeners because, and there can be a lot of weariness. You know, one of my best friends got married about two years ago and she was 36 and just a beautiful journey and her story of dating a lot of frogs, basically, or a lot of toads. (laughs) And, you know, she grew from each one of those, but she is so grateful that she didn't settle to marry one of them, you know? 
and awesome. now she is just beaming with light and loves her husband. It is so clearly the right person for her. And actually, they didn't have like a super, super long dating relationship. Right. They dated for like eight months. Um, but yeah. in that case, like really surrounded and supported by everybody. Um, all of us were like, yep, 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 yep. And, you know, like green lights yeah. all the way versus in the past. We were like, no, girl, you got to get out of this. Like, yeah. <laughs> but it was like, That's so awesome. And it's yeah. just so beautiful. And I like, I love that story because she was so like, just would not settle. Um, and there were times right. where she wanted to, there was time that she was tempted to, I mean, personally, there's been times I've been tempted to as well, but yeah. I just know that if God has put that desire in my heart, there's no way that I want to settle for d marrying someone now, uh, that I might be unhappy with for the rest of my life. If I have to be single for like five yeah. years, 10 years, like what is that? And in, in really truly if I'm going to end up marrying that person for another 40 years you know like exactly I want to be no, able I mean, to have that friendship and that attraction and have that deep level of spiritual connection on mission together for Jesus like that is a non-negotiable um yeah and he's going to bring you that he's going to yeah. bring you that yeah so thank you guys for sharing that. And Dave, I loved what you said too about just being open too in the process. Like we can't supersede God's timing, but to just be open. And that's what I tell everyone. Like, please, like just God's timing is so perfect, but that doesn't mean you're going to be sitting and twiddling your thumbs and not doing anything and getting weary in the process. Like be open <laughs> to what he might bring yes, you. Put yourself out there. It's a huge encouragement. So I, I love that you said that. Um, you guys, this has been such a great awesome conversation. I love all the wisdom you shared, your, the vulnerability, just all the levels that we got to. Uh, it's been so phenomenal. And so I'd love to just every episode, I wrap it up with the same question. And I'll ask you guys that now, what is your final nugget of dating advice for the listeners today? Oh, goodness. Gosh. Um, mine would be when you're dating, if, if there's not a lot of laughter, I, I don't know if that's the right person for you because I believe that, and this is after being married a long time, like laughter, Dave, Dave has kind of coined this phrase, laughter should be the soundtrack of your marriage. And so in dating, mm. especially there should be just a ton of laughter between the two of you. And it may be jokes, inside jokes you guys have that nobody else would get, but the two of you get, and it's having that, that just joy between you. Yeah. And I think that, you know, there's going to be, if you're going to have kind of a, a, you know, a future together, laughter is one of those things that will get you through those tough moments because yeah. when you can laugh together, you can get through so much. And so I think that, I know we've talked a lot about faith, obviously that's much more important than laughter, but if you're looking at just other attributes that yeah. I would, I would say, look for this when you're dating somebody, if they can make you laugh and you can make them laugh and you can have those joy, you know, you can, you can find joy in the simple things. Mm. Like, it, like Dave said, don't have to be in Fiji or some grand <laughs> yeah. thing that's going on, which those are great. It could be a Walmart. It could be a Walmart. Right. Like, I mean, I remember Dave People and I, like Dave Walmart said, is the best. Okay, no, I mean, I'm serious. Like Dave and I, we literally for years had like two cents to our name. Okay. Yeah. And so like, I, I mean, I was in college for the first couple of years, you know, Dave had his first job and like, we were living in this house that literally was like ready for a wrecking ball. And like, we had the best time together because we laughed together. We would go on walks around our neighborhood. We would go to, you know, Walmart. We would go anywhere so they were serving free coffee. 
and we would laugh together. So like, I just think if you can find joy in the simple things and laugh together, then you're on, you're on a good track. I love that too, Ashley. Cause it's like also in the moments of conflict where not to like, but you can make it like lighter than it has to be this yes. such serious thing. You're like, Hey babe, you're doing that thing again, <laughs> yeah. you know? So true. And yes. like, you can laugh about it instead of being like, it becomes, instead of it being offensive or it being a huge, much bigger deal. If you can laugh about it. I heard another couple tell me that once and I was like, I love that. Like, can you just laugh? It's a so true. Bit? Like, Hey, you're doing this thing again, you know? <laughs> No, it's good because it lightens, helped us it lightens your load. You want yes. a partner that'll make your load lighter and you can do the same for them. Not somebody who is always bringing drama and right. you know, yes. being a downer about everything. So be with someone who brings out the best version of you Yeah, and you do the same for them. And if you're single and you're not dating, remember that it's, it's Jesus who completes you. Yes. You're not completed yes. by, you know, by the, what the relationship status line on your on your social media feed is <laughs> yeah. Jesus who completes you. And then, yeah. and then find somebody else who's, who's already complete in Christ as well. Yeah. Right. And then together the two of you can, you know, can go and, and take on the world and, and do much more than you ever could have done alone. But, but don't believe that myth, that, that kind of worldly myth that, that you're not a whole person mm-hmm. um, until you're so in a dating relationship or a marriage relationship. Cause it's, it's Christ who makes us whole. Right. No mm-hmm. one person can do yeah. that. And, and once you get that, then you'll be ready, you know, ready to be in a healthy relationship with somebody else. Yes. Some, so many people need to hear that because I always stress like, what, what's the relationship like with yourself and God first? Because if that's not healthy, if you aren't full and complete in God and you love yourself, like really actually love yourself, not just say it, but know what that means, then you're going to look to someone else to fill those voids and it's not going to be healthy. Yes. You may marry that person and it's going to cause so many issues for you because they're going to let you down yes. so much if that's the case, um, because no, you need to get that truth. somewhere else. So I love, love, love Jay. That is so, that's so good. Um, you guys are phenomenal where can, if everyone wants to connect with you and follow along with what you're doing, you have the naked marriage podcast, what else, where else can they, um, connect with you as well? Yeah, you can look up, uh, Dave Willis or Ashley Willis, mm-hmm. uh, on Facebook. We each have individual pages there as well as our marriage page. If you're on Instagram, we're at Dave and Ashley Willis. We have a, a shared account there. Um, and yeah, if you connect to us that way, then you can find kind of everything else from there. But we'd love to connect with you online. So good. I love it, you guys. This is so awesome. I just appreciate, again, just your time and what you're doing to help married couples. Um, I think it's so important. I think people even who are dating need the advi- that advice, like to listen to what you guys are sharing even on your podcast and through your writings and your blogs and everything because we need that advice. We kind of wait as singles. We're like, oh, no, I'm good. I'm like, no, we need that information now, you guys. Right. Why are we not preparing? Right. <laughs> like, why? We just think it's going to like we're going to meet someone and then suddenly know all the information or like it's a crash course in that one year of dating them to like learn everything that's so overwhelming like no don't do that to yourselves so that's right we appreciate what you're doing we do you're doing a great work it's wonderful because i'm telling you so many so many of marriage problems that we see of people that have been married you know 10 20 30 years are things that could have been present prevented mm-hmm. had they been listening to you when they were, you know, <laughs> right. in the dating stage of their relationship oh, and making those wise decisions to build a foundation early on. So, mm-hmm. so keep up the great work you're doing. Oh, thank you guys so much. 
Okay, friends, how about that fire today from Dave and Ashley, right? I am so thankful they were willing to come on and talk about this tough subject. We need extra guidance in this area because we get so many mixed messages all across the board from a variety of places. So I'm super, super grateful for their time today. Hey, also, I wanted to let you know on May 11th, we are having a Heart of Dating single soiree co-hosted with the amazing and widely popular DTR blog. It's going to be a night of laughing and entertainment, and Christina and I are going to do a fun skit for you guys. You'll even get free wine from the incredible One Hope, and you're going to have the opportunity to be a part of a brand new app that will tell you your most compatible matches at the party. Come on now, let's do it. We have early bird tickets on sale now for 30% off. So grab your ticket at hoddtrsoiree.eventbrite.com. That's hoddtrsoiree.eventbrite.com. I cannot be more thankful for your support of the Heart of Dating podcast. I am blown away by your rankings, reviews, messages, all of it. If you want to be a part of our inner circle and support what we are doing, we encourage you to pledge any dollar amount that you want on our Patreon page at patreon.com slash heartofdating. Also, if you like this podcast, would you please consider giving us a review? It helps us immensely and we cannot thank you more. Until next time, friends.